0: Welcome back to the Cards on Ice podcast. Um, I know it's been a while, but for those of you who do and do not remember me, my name's Dylan, and I am hosting a hockey card podcast. Uh, This would be episode, I believe, six, right? No, five. I'm one ahead of myself. This is episode five. Uh, I haven't recorded since beginning of March, and there's a lot that's changed in the hockey card market and a lot that's changed in my life. Quick life update. The reason why I had a month off of podcasting is because my laptop exploded. So last week uh, I was working away, you know, doing my thing. Uh, I was doing some uh, getting some schoolwork done. Uh, I was doing some other things, comp and cards, you know how it is. And uh, my the laptop battery, so the bottom of a, uh, a Dell laptop is what I had. Uh, the battery actually exploded. So it popped out the whole bottom uh, panel of the laptop and uh, it just kind of like, it was just kind of like a pop and uh, the panel hit my desk and I didn't really know what happened. It just kind of went just like that. And uh, luckily nothing like actually exploded. Um, The battery just kind of expanded, I think. And uh, it clearly popped at the bottom panel. I had to take the whole bottom panel off of the laptop and try and figure out what happened. Unfortunately, uh, when the battery expanded and popped off the lid, uh, I feel like it also might have messed with some of the other connectors and things like that. Uh, so every time I try and turn on my laptop now, it will not access the hard drive um, of the laptop in order to boot it up. So... Uh, It has this blue screen of death, which you may or may not be familiar with with Windows. Uh, When I go to turn it on, it goes into uh, recovery and reset, Uh, tries to load in uh, anything it can, Uh, usually gets stuck on about 4 or 5% and uh, it can't boot into Windows, um, which results in it being very hard to record a podcast at the very least uh, in terms of this show. So, um, I had to figure out how to obviously bring my microphone and recording and software and everything over on my Mac. Uh, plus I am a little bit lazy in terms of recording these sometimes, uh, if everything's not ready to go, then I go, I can do it another day. Um, things like that. But, uh, we're back. Uh, we're on a new laptop. We're on a new audio kind of setup on a new uh, configuration here. Hopefully this is sounding okay. Uh, I know that usually, usually I think it's a little bit different. I'll see if I can mess with some settings and see if I can get it in a place where uh, it should be. Um, I know that obviously there's going to be some technical issues going over into a brand new kind of software and things like that. But hopefully that I am sounding okay and we can kind of move on with the uh, with the pod for today. Again, I'll try and keep things short like I normally do. Uh, not keep you here for too long, but give you the quick kind of update of, uh, of what's going on in my life and what's going on in hockey cards as well. Um, so, uh, I just got back from the Toronto expo the day that I'm recording. This is Friday, April 28th and the Toronto expo ended on the Sunday. So it's been, uh, almost about a week now, I guess a week from today when the expo would have started. And uh, I guess I just wanted to give a quick recap. Um, We set up at the expo, if you came by, if you were at the Toronto Sports Card Expo, we were at uh, booth 2404. Uh, We were in hall four, uh, kind of in the middle of the floor, across from the autographs. And uh, we had a good time. Uh, Hall four is obviously probably not the spot that you wanna be if you're a big business or things like that. Uh, I know it gets a lot of flack uh, for dealers who set up there. We actually set up uh, the person behind us was Sports Card Plaza, uh, Joshua. Um, he has a really cool Instagram and he makes content with uh, you know Roth cards and Kenneth and people like that. And uh, anyways, he was a really nice guy, good uh, good dude. He didn't uh, didn't do anything hockey. He was doing Disney and Pokemon cards, uh, which brought in obviously a different uh, audience kind of around our table as well. Um, but it was nice not having that hockey card competition, uh, with the person that you're directly beside. So anyways, he was a really nice guy. Uh, he would often, you know, ask us how the day's been or things like that. Just, you know, friendly guy. Um, you know, and that's what you want when you're, uh, when you're set up, you don't want to be competing with the person next to you. You know, you're all on the same team, uh, when you set up at shows. Um, yeah, anyways, uh hall four is definitely not where you want to be hall five was so much busier the whole weekend uh lots of foot traffic in hall five and i will try and do everything i can to get to hall five next year because i think that's where you should be if you intend to sell things um i think that the sports card expo needs to take a look at some of their dealers try and swap them some things around because there was a lot of dealers there who were not there to sell things Uh, I know I've talked about sports card museums on the pod before. Uh, There are some guys with no showcases at all. They showed up with just stacks of cards. And if you go into a show and you don't display what you have, you'll never sell anything. If you just go in with rubber banded stacks of hockey cards, you're never going to sell anything. Uh, If you go in with, you know, things other than sports cards, Uh, I've saw everything from uh like meat sticks like those like like hot rods if you're from from Canada or whatever like those uh dehydrated meat sticks uh anything to like posters like mugs hockey pucks that like weren't autographed they were just random things like i said stacks of sports cards that weren't displayed well um you know i i like vintage and i respect vintage and you know there's a there's a spot for it but there's just there's not a spot for you know people who come and just kind of put like junk on their booth and I think that I, I know that some of these people are probably in the show in a long time they probably have uh, developed a reputation or they probably are you know people who come to the Toronto Sports Card Expo uh, you know twice a year you know every year for 20 years but I, I think that as a show you need to you need to really prioritize dealers who are there to sell, prioritize dealers who have put in a lot of work, uh, prioritize dealers who come with showcases and, you know, come with good inventory because it makes you look better as a show. Uh, When you have dealers who are very professional, you have, you know, corporate businesses, you have, you know, grading, you have, you know, all of these, you know, established like hobby shops and things like that, upper deck diamond dealers uh, mixed with just a mixed bag. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, it doesn't leave a great um, a great visual appearance, a great experience for people buying. Uh, obviously, that you want some variation, too. And it was nice to see, you know, people dealing in Pokemon and people having basketball and football and etc. Um, all sorts of stuff. But again, if you don't have sports cards or sports memorabilia, uh, I feel like your booth is probably uh, you know, a site for sore eyes maybe is a nice way to put it. Um, it's just something that doesn't fit in, right? the whole car, the whole show is is sports cards and sports memorabilia. Uh, again, if you have unsigned jerseys, that's fine. If you have, you know, sports memorabilia that's signed. If you have, you know, hockey cards baseball cards football cards sports cards etc um there's a spot for you there if you have things that completely aren't related to the show uh i saw again i saw a guy who had pictures like photos and like posters of like like photoshop posters of donald trump i saw on instagram someone posted his booth and his like whole table is like photoshop pictures of trump on like like random stuff and I was like as a show not to get political or anything but like as a show let's keep it in sports cards right uh again we're not gonna get political on the pod but let's just keep it on sports cards sports memorabilia and we'll cut out all this extra stuff and make the show look better as a whole um that's my kind of two cents about the whole show uh aside from me ranting it was a really good show it's I think it's the biggest sports card show in Canada. Um, and it's, you know, there's really something there for everyone. It's a great opportunity if you're close to Toronto or if you're, you know, within Ontario or wherever you're from. Uh, we met someone from Finland. We met someone from, or a few people from Winnipeg, lots of people from the States. Uh, like I mentioned, sports card Plaza, Joshua, he's from, uh, he's from Florida. Uh, we got chatting with him about that. So really people from all over the world come to this, uh, the sports card expo. Uh, it really is worth your time to go. And there's opportunity there for everyone uh, p- to pick up a PC item, to make some profit, uh, to meet other collectors and, you know, put a, put a face to a name and things like that. It's uh, it's awesome to see. It's always a good time. It's always a jam packed weekend. Um, our Saturday was jam packed. Our Sunday was even more busy. Uh, we had about three hours, four hours at the table, uh, where we were just nonstop, like just buying, trading, selling. Uh, people asking for our opinions on things like that. So if you ever see us, uh, see us set up there, definitely come and uh, and say hi. Uh, tell me that you listen to the pod. Tell me that you're in the Discord. And uh, I always love meeting people who are from my community and who find you know my content enjoyable. Uh, it's always nice to uh, to chat with those people um yeah uh our Sunday was very busy our Saturday was busy Friday was a little more uh tame we had opportunity to kind of get away from the table for a little bit walk the floor and Thursday is uh is usually pretty quiet I mentioned to uh my buddy Riley who I set up with at uh, all major shows I was telling him that uh the Thursday is for the hardcore. Or, you know, the people who, you know, take this as a business or, you know, see that they can they can make money, their flippers, etc. They see the Thursday as how can I get some some deals at 40, 50, 60, maybe percent of comps early and then flip it in the rest of the show. Uh, we had a ton of people come by and want some pretty deep discounts on Thursday And I think that early on, we kind of figured out that that's what everyone was after, which I mean, I respect if you're, if you're after those 60% deals, uh, it's just, it's very quick to kind of see through that. And I mean, we held firm at a lot of stuff and then it ended up selling on Friday, Saturday or Sunday instead, uh, for, you know, a, a better price in our, in our, opinion um usually at our table we're we're pretty negotiable for a lot of things um we go down to probably 85 80% on a lot of things i mean some things sell for 100% of comp some things sell for 75 uh but when we get into the 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 50 and 60% it's just a little bit too deep of a cut for us uh to usually sell at so we're we're usually um not willing to make those deals sometimes there are exceptions but it was interesting to see how the show changes throughout the whole weekend that thursday was obviously the flipper night uh friday was very quiet during the morning everyone was at work or school uh friday evening started to pick up a little bit uh and then saturday was obviously busy you get a lot of people who are i'll put the more quote-unquote casual crowd uh, coming in on the weekend a lot of kids um, a lot of parents, uh, people who have dug up cards from the '90s, who have come to sell uh, their '90s junk wax. Uh, we had a guy come by on, uh, what was it? Well, this will lead me into a story, but I think it was Sunday. There was a guy who came by, and uh, he came by to our booth, and very, you know, casually, kind of nonchalantly, goes, "Hey, you guys uh, buying hockey cards?" and I turned to him and I just said yeah I said obviously we'll we'll take a look at anything I said I can't guarantee you that we'll buy but I'd love to take a look at what you have and he says okay one sec and then he walks away and I thought like I I didn't know what was happening I mean when people come up to your booth at card shows and things like that uh you never know what to expect it's hard to you know you don't want to judge a book by its cover or things like that so uh i wanted to treat kind of everyone with you know an open open headspace and give them the the opportunity to show me what they had um which and again side side story there's a guy who came up with an Austin Matthews limited logos uh very nice patch from his rookie year i think he wanted 13 or 15 grand i think for it and uh Again, stuff like that. It shocks you, right? Like he was just carrying it around in his pocket and uh, pulls it out. And uh, it's like a $15,000 card. Anyways, back to the main story. There was a guy who came by by to our booth and he had, he comes back and he comes back with like a a wagon, like a trolley uh, with like four card, like four sports card boxes. And then he's got his daughter uh carrying another box like a fourth box fifth box whatever it was and they're all like four row boxes like filled with sports cards and I initially thought that like he wanted to just get rid of them all like I thought he was looking to like get a lot deal done and like us for to take like all five boxes and just kind of sort through and whatever uh, so I asked him, I was like, oh, how much are you looking to get for all this? And he was like, no, not all of this. He was like, I want you to look through and like, see if there's anything you like. He was like, I'm not looking to, you know, to sell as a lot price, which again, I respect. Uh, I think he told me that he was a collector since 86. I think he told me um, everything he said he basically pulled. Uh, he's basically never sold a card up until this moment and uh, wanted to sell some cards to help fund his daughter's wedding in the fall. Uh, so anyways it, it's it's nice once you get talking to people on kind of their you know what they what they bring to the hobby in terms of collecting and and what sports cards mean to them he had some really nice stuff i bought uh three cards off of him, no four cards off of him, and uh anyway some really nice stuff we had a good conversation he was a pretty nice guy uh he was very um cautious I guess to sell uh these things but you know he's doing it for a good cause and I was happy to try and support him as much as I could uh I kind of I kind of regret not picking up one more of his cards he had a a really nice Gretzky triple auto he had a it was a Gretzky uh curry and coffee triple auto uh it was out of 10 but they were all sticker autos which is the only thing I didn't like if they were on card I probably would have I would have bought it right there and then um the stickers, I mean, aren't as nice in my opinion, but I picked up a nice uh, Kaprizov rookie auto from them. Uh, I picked up a Sidney Crosby rookie uh, from, I believe it's Artifacts, it's out of 750 Um, And I also picked up um, a Dale Howarchuk honorable numbers from the Cup, which actually just sold yesterday on eBay. Uh, and I figured it would sell very quick because it's an on-card auto of an NHL legend who is obviously no longer with us and uh, hard signed, you know, beautiful card and uh, two really nice patches, hand like numbered out of 10. Uh, that was a no-brainer for me. I knew that that one was going to uh, to sell quick. And then the Crosby went to PSA and the kaprizov auto I still have. And I believe it's up on eBay right now. It's got a few watchers and things like that. Anyways. Uh, the moral of the story is you don't really know what someone has until they they come up and tell you um, anyways we worked at a deal Uh, it wasn't the deal that I thought I was going to get um, but again he had some really nice stuff and I was happy to you know give him some cash in his pocket for uh, his daughter's wedding so I mean it's it's stuff like that that's really cool I love when people come by and and tell stories or tell, you know, why they're into the hobby or what they do or what they bring to the hobby. Uh, it's really, uh, it's really cool to meet, um, you know, these guys and, and, and people who maybe don't have an online presence, uh, because we forget that obviously not everyone is in a Facebook group or Instagram or discord, uh, things like that. Um, let's see. Oh, the last story that I wanted to to tell from the, the Sports Card Expo is, uh, is a story about Sunday, actually. And uh, well, I'll actually tell you two stories about Sunday. So again, we had a lot of requests on Sunday of people wanting to sell cards of us to kind of buy them out, uh, essentially. So there's a lot of people come by. You know, you get all sorts of stuff, like I was saying. You get anything from Austin Matthews rookie year limited logos to 90s junk wax, right? And it's it's tough as a dealer to bring on too much on Sunday because um, obviously the show's closing in a few hours. You want to sell in person. Whatever you don't sell, you have to take back. Uh, it has to travel with you wherever you have to go back to. Um, then you get into obviously online sales or whatever you do or you keep it. It's a PC thing. Uh, for me, uh, that was a big kind of back and forth on kind of what I wanted to buy and what I, what wasn't so great of a deal and what I could kind of hold off and I didn't want to hang on to for the summer or whatever, get into online sales with it. Uh, the first story involves me and it involves a, um, I'm going to say a kid. Uh, this kid was probably about 12 or 13, maybe he was with his dad at the table and and again, this is, this is me uh, being probably more generous than I should have. Uh, he was about 12 or 13. He was with his dad. And usually when kids are with, you know, their parents and stuff like that, um, I try to, well, I mean, I try to be as nice to everyone as I, as I possibly can. But obviously, I mean, there's a little bit more leeway for me for kids in the hobby. I try and cut them a better deal, or I try and see if I can work with them if I'm able to, or if there's something they're after in a trade, I definitely do more to try and get it for them, especially if it's someone who who they collect. Uh, This kid comes up to me, uh, hands me a stack of like four cards, and uh, in there is an allure uh, auto of Patrick Kane, and there's one of Adam Fox, and Adam Fox's rookie year. And this kid he you know it's it's nice when when people have comps in their head they know what their cards are worth he told me you know last one did this last one did this um I'd be willing to be at this number and again I went back and forth with them things like that I told him you know I didn't even look up comps on my end I just you know I took his word for it um which again probably shouldn't have done but regardless and Anyways, I I kind of worked I worked with him a little bit, kind of uh, talked him down from where he wanted to be because he was a little bit too close to uh, eBay comps. I told him like, listen, like if I buy at eBay comps, uh, and I then I sell both these cards on eBay. eBay takes about eighty five percent. I get eighty five percent. Sorry, eBay takes about fifteen percent of every sale. So I just told him I couldn't be at full full value, etc. I think I ended up paying him around. Um, eighty percent of comps, which again, it it doesn't leave me a ton of room if I sell both of them on eBay. Um, but I, again, it, you see a you know twelve or thirteen year old, you want to kind of encourage them to get into the hobby and encourage them to keep doing this. And uh, anyways, I end up cutting this deal with him, and then he goes, oh, he says, uh, I hand him hand him cash or whatever, grab his car, grab the cards that I just bought. And, uh, he goes here, here's my eBay, just in case you, uh, you want to buy anything more. And I was like, all right, like I just got taken, taken by this kid who came off as, you know, kind of more of a collector kid. Like he doesn't really, he didn't really come off as someone who, you know, does these sales and stuff like that. Like normally when a when a kid at 12 or 13 or whatever, 10 year old comes up to me and they've only got four cards and they just kind of. Whatever, right? They're looking to move some stuff. You don't expect them to have a whole um eBay online like business or whatever. Like he has like a eBay like business account or whatever, and he's got a ton of listings on his eBay. So I just think it was hilarious. I i definitely that was a, a point for me where I definitely kind of judged a book by its cover. I thought that, you know, I was being nice and I was trying to, you know, inspire a a younger collector into the hobby and give them a bit of a better deal. Um And, uh, yeah, I definitely, I definitely helped him offload some stuff that he, uh, he probably didn't want. And I probably am in now a little bit too expensive on both, but anyways, you live and you learn and you make these mistakes. And obviously not every deal is going to be the best deal that you make in your life. And, uh, that definitely was a deal that, uh, probably wasn't the, the best for me, um, in terms of, in terms of value. But again, uh, you live and you learn and you make these, you make these deals, you make these mistakes and things like that. Right. Um, another thing that was before I get to the second story, another thing that was interesting was, uh, the, the Rangers actually had a series lead at the show. Uh, now they're down three, two, and they might be eliminated tomorrow. Uh, if it doesn't go to seven, um, a lot of people were unloading Jack Hughes at the show or, yeah, Jack Hughes at the show and Nico Heijer and things like that because they were really unsure about the Devils. Uh, now that the Devils are swinging back around and they have a series lead, it's interesting to see now uh, that probably people are offloading guys like Shesterkin and things like that. Obviously, the show isn't happening anymore, but it's funny to see how people quickly get into the mindset of this team's going to be knocked out. I want to get rid of them. Uh, so that was really interesting to see too and i can talk about that later kind of the playoff outlook and how the market shifts uh during the playoffs but here's the last kind of funny story from the expo and then i'll stop talking about the expo for this episode uh on sunday we had like i said my my buddy riley he sets up with me at at all the the major shows and he had a kid come by and I want to say this kid was probably between eight and 10 years old. Um, pretty young kid. He was there with his dad. Um, and again, his dad kind of like, uh, you know, was just kind of walking around. He was browsing and uh, he let this kid come up. He let his son come up to our table and uh, he comes up to the table and uh, I'm dealing with someone else at the time. I don't fully see this interaction happen, uh, but he comes up and he, he asks Riley, he, he says, uh, how much would you be willing to pay for this card? And again, my buddy Riley. I think he also has this, you know, wanting to be a little bit more generous. Um, He was just asking. He said, "Well, how much would you value value that? Like, how much? How much are you looking to get?" This kid turns and says, "Ah, about two bucks," and tosses the tosses the card on the table or whatever. And to Riley's credit, (laughs) the last name on the card was Broder, and it was autographed, and it was an in the game card it only had like a headshot of, of the player. And I think very quickly, Riley saw that it was Broder. It was an autograph card. And I think he was really confused on why the kid said only, you know, $2. Right. Uh, so my buddy Riley, he, uh, he, he says to the kid, he says, Oh, this has got to be worth more than $2. He says, it's a Broder. And he says, and it's autographed. He was like, He's like, I, I'd be willing to give you like five times that. Like, I'd be willing to give you like 10 bucks for sure. And this kid immediately goes, yeah, deal, deal, deal. Sticks out his hand. Riley shakes his hand. And uh, my buddy Riley pays him 10 bucks. And um, <laughs> anyways, the kid walks away all happy. I thought that Riley did this just to kind of help a kid out again. Um, We sometimes do things like that, obviously, to, you know, inspire the next generation of collectors, and he turns to me, and he says, look what I got for 10 bucks, and says it, obviously, like, pretty happy, like, he, he thinks that he got a Martin Broder, um autograph card for 10 bucks, even though it's in the game, I mean, to get a Broder auto for 10 bucks would be a uh, pretty good, pretty good price to get it at, especially when, you know, you can help a kid out because he only wanted $2 and you give him 10 Um, You think you got a good deal at 10 and everyone's happy. Uh, I take one look at the card and I see that it's Mike Broder. It's the uh, the goalie who was drafted in the seventh round, who only played, I think, six games for the Ottawa Senators. And uh, I just said to him, I said, yeah, I said, you got a real steal, buddy. I said, I said, Mike Broder, his stock's going up these days. And then he looks back at the card and realizes that it is indeed a Mike Broder autograph card and he's got an Ottawa Senators helmet on and not a New Jersey Devils or St. Louis Blues helmet on uh and obviously we have a laugh about this uh you know in the grand scheme of things it's not uh it's not anything that's uh that's gonna break the bank or anything, but I'm sitting now looking at a Mike Broder autograph card that he bought for ten dollars, and uh, I'm thinking to myself that he's probably not going to get his return on investment on that card. But again, leads to a kind of a funny story and an interesting interaction, um, and and obviously the jokes where we told him that he got uh, he got rinsed by the kid, and you know he uh, he got taken for for everything that he had um which again it, it's funny it's we can all laugh it off it's not a huge it's not a huge mistake and it's something that uh I wanted to share with you on the podcast so he'll be uh he'll be uh, probably upset that I that I talked about this on the podcast but uh it is a funny story and uh something that it definitely highlighted our sunday uh we laughed about it in the car we uh we had, we were both crying actually about how this kid uh how this kid absolutely rinsed him took him took him for everything he had um so sh- shifting gears now getting into the toronto expo the edmonton expo is may 5th to 7th uh i just booked my booked my flight and got my tickets so i will be at the edmonton expo i'm not going to set up uh but i'll be walking around there And uh, I strongly advise that you all do the same. Uh, If you're out in Western Canada, especially Alberta, uh, take the time, go to the Edmonton Expo for a day. It's probably worth it. It's uh, I've heard good things about it. Definitely not as big as the Toronto Expo. I think it's about a third or a quarter of the size. But that being said, um, there's, you know, there's definitely opportunities to buy, sell, trade, uh, have a good time, walk the floor, uh, meet new people. Uh, I think it'll be a interesting show and something that I'm kind of looking forward to and getting a perspective of how Western Canada is with card shows. Uh, we obviously get a lot of people from, you know, Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, etc. in the Toronto Expo, uh, but it'll be nice to go to the Edmonton Expo for once and, uh, and get a feel for how that is for sure. So strongly advise you all to go to the Edmonton expo. If you're around that area, uh, if you miss the Toronto expo, please go to the one in November. Uh, it's even better than the one in the spring. Uh, it's like head and shoulders away, like away better than any other card show, uh, that there is out there, especially for hockey. So if you're anywhere in Ontario, please make an effort to go in November, uh, at the next Toronto expo. um, I think I'm going to wrap it up for today. I was going to talk about a little bit of playoffs hockey and how the market shifts. I know I touched on it a little bit uh, in the the Toronto Expo talk, uh, but uh, really all I wanted to highlight was how the Devils kind of quickly changed that series around and definitely adjusted some some card prices going the other way. The other big thing is the Leafs. Obviously, they have a 3-2 series lead against Lightning right now. Uh, who knows what's going to happen in Game 6 and Game 7, but... Uh, every time that Toronto won or Matthews scored or things like that, we'd have people come and talk to us in Toronto about, you know, buying buying a Matthews card that we had or, you know, buying it on Nylander or Marner or things like that. People obviously speculate that things are going to go up if the Leafs do the thing and uh, if the Leafs, you know, do anything, I guess, from this point onwards. I think that uh, a lot of people speculate that, uh, that their Leaf investments will go up. Uh, So obviously keep that in mind if you are um, collecting or investing in sports cards in the spring. It's a very volatile uh, market. It's something that it shifts very quickly. Uh, One week you could be sitting pretty and the next week you could uh, not be sitting as pretty for sure. So, uh, you know, follow along. Uh, It's kind of like fantasy sports, obviously. Uh, Take things with a grain of salt and you know have fun with it don't uh, don't stress out too much it is what it is at the end of the day and uh if you're you know really gambling on you know the toronto maple Leafs or the seattle kraken or whoever um you know obviously just be aware of this stuff right and uh the market shifts very quickly and into the summer we're getting into the time where the market cools right down so if you are in June and you're still holding on to your investment, you might have to hold all the way until fall. Uh, regardless, I'll chat about that probably in the next podcast. Um, whenever I get back from the Edmonton Expo, that'll probably be the next pod, I'm thinking. I uh, can chat about maybe some stories or something, some things that happened in Edmonton. Uh, hoping to see some of you there. And... Uh, meet up with you and maybe make a couple of trades or whatever we can do. And, uh, I'll chat about everything that happens in Edmonton and maybe give a quick playoff update and how it affects some sports cards in the next episode. Uh, but that was episode six of the cards on ice podcast. No episode five. I, I did the same thing I did at the start. This is episode five. Episode six will be the next one when I come back from Edmonton and, uh, we'll hopefully get in more of a groove of recording these and, uh, keep you guys informed on some sports cards and then in the middle of summer uh it's gonna be a dead zone so looking forward to that uh thanks again for listening to the pod if you made it all the way through um give me a follow on instagram join the discord uh it's at canadian card collectors the discord is in the bio and uh you know give me a give me a hey what's going what's going on give me a like on a picture uh, let me know that you are uh, you're listening. You made it the whole way through on episode five of the Cards on Ice pod.